Welcome to the Business of Health podcast. This is a podcast that highlights issues that could cost group health agents and brokers thousands of dollars. The health insurance industry is constantly changing. And each episode, we're going to give you tools to grow a profitable business and better serve your clients. I'm your host, Mike Martins. Now, let's grow your health business. Well, I got to tell you, I am super excited to have today's guest with us. This is a very recognizable face. Janet Trautwein is the Chief Executive Officer of the National Association of Health Underwriters and is president of the National Association of Health Underwriters Education Fund in Washington, D.C. Now, for those of you out there that don't know, NAHU represents employee benefits professionals involved in the design, implementation, and management of health plans all across the United States. Her responsibilities include oversight of all NAHU and NAHU Education Foundation activities, including oversight for her 30 staff members and the 210 state and local chapters that we have across the country. She's the primary spokesperson for NAHU to the media, government agencies, and elected officials at all levels. Janet's testified before Congress multiple times and has been published in major news outlets and has appeared on hundreds of radio and TV programs around the world. You know her. Thank you, Janet, for being with us today. So happy to be here. Our pleasure. Hey, congrats on having a successful annual conference this summer in Austin, kind of for the benefit of those that didn't get to go there and have not maybe read the articles. Give us two or three things that were kind of hot buttons that everybody was talking about at the conference. Well, you know, I I think I want to say that our speakers uh, for both our general sessions and all of our breakouts were really outstanding. And what I kept on hearing from people was, gosh, this is something I'm going to be able to go back and use right away in my business. Or they got new ideas, innovative ideas. Sometimes it was just something that was inspirational. You know, it depended on the speaker. And so I think that was, you know, valuable content is really important for us to provide to our members and the other people that attend there. We also had a lot of people there and it was our first in-person meeting for a, a good while. And we just, there was a lot of buzz in the room and excitement and people were happy to see each other. And then we got to our House of Delegates, which is a meeting that we have to have right. every year at our convention. It's required by our bylaws. And our House of Delegates passed something that's really, really important. And that is we are going to change our name. And, and they passed it effective January 1st. It will be the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. And it really much better, of course, describes what our members do. I agree. And much easier to explain who we are from that context. So we're very much engaged now in getting the rollout of all of that. And uh, so that all of that happened at convention. So convention was a pretty monumental occasion. Excellent. Well, the feedback that I received from the people that I know uh, had gone, it was all positive. I mean, and a lot of it, I think, is just having that chance to finally get back together as a group. You know, we have we've all lived with these virtual conferences over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's better than nothing, but that does not replace the, the being able to sit down and talk to people and see folks and kind of rekindle old friendships. Let's talk for a second because there's a ton of issues 
that our industry is facing from all different directions. And I don't know that there's one or two that are kind of top pressing or issues that seem to be occupying more of your time than not. But kind of what do you see in the fall of 2022 as things that brokers and agents and producers need to be aware of, need to be focused on and need to get resources to make sure that they're up to speed? Well, I would say a couple of things. We have some legislation pending. We have regulations pending that create some new requirements that people will have to comply with. So kind of just the main thing on that is to keep the heads up about it and and pay attention and pay attention to the details, but also, you know, what's going on in, in your states. As we look at the midterm election coming up, there are Republicans are likely to take over the House again, which and if they take over the Senate, it'll be very narrow. So they won't be able to get a ton done, but it'll kind of shape the direction of the way things move. So in general, if you listen to them talk, they talk a lot about having the states be in charge of more things than they are now. Mm -hmm. So that's really important for everyone out there to just know that's a trend. Identifying trends is half of the, the, the overall problem is what's the direction, because it tends to go in waves. This past couple of years have been the the waves of transparency, and I think we'll see more of that. But this trend of the states being in charge of more things, sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's not. Depends on what state that you're in, and it also depends on what the particular issue is. And also, it depends on what your business specialty is. Mm -hmm. You know, if you work a lot with self-funded plans, for example, you don't really want the state to be messing in it. And if you if you work along, you know, just different other areas, the state's going to be in it regardless. So it may not impact you as greatly. But certainly when we look at some states doing things like creating public options and, and things like that, from a legislative perspective, that's it. Now, having said that, the legislative and regulatory stuff is huge. It's not everything that's going on. So we we continue to monitor real heavily issues like uh, the trends and resources needed by our members relative to mergers and acquisition activity mm-hmm. and that type of thing. You know, are they in a place where they they may want to sell or that's you know someone may want to purchase them? Maybe they're retiring. Maybe they just want to do something different. Maybe they are merging with someone else. You know, and they're, and they're the buyer. But huge uptick in that activity. Yes, not only among and the agency population, but we're also seeing this huge uptick on the provider side where we've got, you know, hospitals buying physicians, clinics, insurance companies, and uh, organizations like CVS buying home health care. So this, these vertical, you know, they're calling them the vertical and the horizontal mergers, huge trend that could have a dramatic impact on the cost of care, which means that people's premiums could go up or down depending on, you know, what the particular combination is. And that would affect how many people can take up coverage, the rate of uninsured in our country. So it's all kind of a spiraling thing that could really affect the way they do business. And then one, just one more thing back to the regulatory side. Overall, there's a general trend I'm seeing uh, working in kind of a more penalty-driven fashion. So the, the carrots are gone, the sticks are, are coming. So for things that they feel like they haven't been able to, to change effectively otherwise, you know, there's, there seem to be a lot of things in the works that I'm a little uncomfortable with from that perspective. Can you go into any more detail with that? They're working on mental health care parity again. Mm-hmm. So the last time they worked on mental health parity, you know, we came out with these non-qualitative uh, rules, but not much of a stick associated with not doing it. Not too much. You, you might be penalized and some of the, the audits were just to get you in compliance. 
Well, they're coming out with, a, you know, Congress tried to, to pass some penalties relative to that, but they may try to do it on, you know, on a, a regulatory basis because there's a huge trend both in the last administration and this one in the executive branch trying to do more in that regulatory process by through executive orders and that type of thing. Right. It's, it's not just this administration. The Trump administration did it too. Right. And it, part of that comes from their frustration and how slow things are to get done in the congressional process. So that's that was just one example. Do you see, and, and I don't know how much a shift at the midterm elections would affect this, but do you see any changes in the horizon coming up so far as employer requirements under the Affordable Care Act? Um, no, well, not necessarily anything bad. Okay. I do. I do think there's one thing that might occur by the end of this year. And that is, and we've been working on trying to get some relaxation of reporting requirements, or at least an alternative so that employers could report uh, prospectively at the beginning of a year with a much uh, lighter load of information instead of retrospectively at the end of the year. It's a lot easier process. And some employers, particularly those with a lot of turnover, this would be a just a heaven sent miracle for them. Yes. You know, yes. because it's it takes so much of their time to do that. That would be a huge change on the positive, on the positive side. If some of those penalties go through on the negative side on mental health parity, and you know, we're I was talking to a vendor the other day that helps people with these mental health audits. And and he was saying that, you know, in spite of us really assuming that most of these problems are network adequacy with providers that just don't want to participate, mm -hmm. that there is, he says, there are some problems with people's summary plan descriptions where they're not, you know, so then they could fail an audit because of that. So I would say a lot more attention to those kinds of details, maybe might be uh, come through the regulatory process. That would be negative. Those are the two things kind of the most common that I think about. And then just one more thing. I don't know if people noticed, but relative to, for, for people that work with a little bit larger employers and this idea of the employer responsibility requirement and the Part A and Part B penalties, mm -hmm. I don't know if people noticed that the Part B affordability percentage went down. Yes. And in general, that is going to push employer required employer contributions up if they want to avoid that Part B penalty. Correct. And that was also done in the regulatory process. I'm just saying it's a trend that they're doing more and more under these executive orders and regulatory things just kind of waiting to be challenged in court or not. Yeah. If it goes down too much further, it could be a real problem. Understandable. And obviously, the penalties associated with A and B continue to increase on an annual basis. And you're 100% correct as, as the affordability, because I think the most common affordability safe harbor that everybody's using is rate of pay, particularly mm -hmm. in, in the lower wage temp staffing, hospitality, the areas that we do a lot of work in, that's what we see 99% of the time. And even though participation uh, in those plans is still not high, as that continues to come down, it does increase employer financial liability. Right. So those are just, I mean, those are things in, that, that we work with every day doing ACA compliance. And we get asked frequently, you know, what's when is this going to back off? And hopefully we get some latitude on reporting because that that has become really, in a lot of cases, a very difficult situation, uh, particularly for, for, as example, a temp staffing firm that maybe, well, let's say on an average week, they're doing 
5,000 paychecks, but they're, they're sending out 20,000 W-2s at the end of the right. year. So it's, it's a very complicated process. And of course, starting, as you know, starting in 22, the good faith clause is no longer there. So you can't claim, oops, I made a mistake and correct it uh, when we do 22 reporting coming up in 2023. But anyway, let's talk about, let's go back and talk about the association for a minute, because I want to make sure that the NAHU members out there that are tuned in are using the resources that are available to them, number one. And number two, if they're not a NAHU member, they need to learn they need to learn about what they're missing. What of, of the services that are available to members, what are the top two or three areas that seem to have the most amount of inquiry where agents are reaching out saying, I want to be involved in this. I want to know more about this. What are kind of your top educational hotspots right now? Well, you know, it, it depends on the person and what line of business that they're in. But in, in general, you can, it's a pretty easy question to answer. You know, the thing that, that people use the most that they don't actually do themselves necessarily are our advocacy efforts that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a professional association, it's our job to keep you in business to, to make sure that your clients can comply with, you know, relevant leg, um, regulatory requirements on an easy enough basis that they want to continue to offer coverage to employees. So that's just something that kind of comes with it. And I need to say it. But second, there are a lot of things actively that people find helpful. So the most common thing that people do are they take advantage of our professional development programs. We have a lot of different things. We have certification courses. We have the registered employee benefit uh, consultant designation, which people can work towards. But we have certifications on self-funding, advanced self-funding, account-based plans, prescription drug, all the ins and outs of how those prescription drug uh, benefits actually work and also the, how the drug companies work as well. And a variety, a, a lot of, we have one course on single payer, if you're interested in that. We have a lot of different things available there. And some of them are available on a live virtual basis. It's the most common way that people take it. And you can look on our website and see, you know, what the calendar is coming up of what's going to be offered when. We also have uh, another thing that we get a lot of participation in is our two other things. One is called our Running Your Business series. And it, it's a, a webinar that occurs monthly. It's members only. And they get to hear about kind of latest things that are important to them from, you know, from a business perspective. So things that can help them, knowledge that can help them and that type of thing. It's all different sorts of things in that category. Then we also have monthly compliance corners. And that's about just different relevant topics of the day. So usually we try to address sort of the sticky wickets. Uh, we have the ability for, we have ERISA attorneys on staff. And if people you know, run into a kind of a snag with their own, with a client of theirs and they're not, it doesn't seem to fall into an easy category. There's a place where they can submit a question. Um, it's anonymous. No one sees it. You know, not like other members don't see that you've submitted it. Sure. And uh, our ERISA attorney will answer back with, you know, what the answer is. It can not, doesn't have any, anything to do with the association. It's your business. You know, I have this client and I'm not sure because they don't seem to fall neatly into this category or that. And then we have a lot of traction for our M&A world. I talked about mergers and acquisitions. We have a lot of people visit that site. Uh, some people want to have production awards and they can be recognized as our part of the leading producers roundtable. And we, we have a, several different offerings associated with that. And they have uh, monthly seminars that are also very, very good. So there's a lot of just different things. And then there's the local chapter meetings. 
A lot of people really love the networking available there. Almost everyone goes to a local chapter meeting, you know, one time or another, or a, or a state meeting or a state day at the Hill or a state sales congress, you know, where they're learning about new things all day long. So those are the, the most common things. There are others. I'm not mentioning everything that there is. We have discussion boards. We are a, a full service, um, all different things to do. Awesome. And so, by the way, one more thing. Yeah. It's not cost as much as people think. You know, I think they imagine that an organization that has that many things going on, that it's going to be really expensive. But I'm pretty sure for most people, it's less than they spend each month at Starbucks or <laughs> whatever, that type of aversion thing that they do. And they can pay monthly too. It's, it's not expensive. Right. Like if they're listening to this podcast and they are engaged enough with their business to be listening, they can afford it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I can tell you firsthand that it's an incredible investment and it is not, uh, it is not much. It is not much so that we don't, so that everybody can put it in their calendar. Now, when is the next annual meeting and where is it? It is at, it's at the end of June. So it's the, I, I don't have the exact date in front of me and I should have had that in front of me, but it's the last week in June and it's in New Orleans. Okay. We always have, uh, we've had meetings in New Orleans two or three times before and people always have a good time there. Yes. They always yes. like it, but our meeting, we're going to do a really robust meeting like we did this year and mimic the things that we got really high remarks about and that, that people really seem to enjoy the most. And there are just a lot of fun things to do there. So I, I would suggest that people come, but you're going to, it's not just party. You'll act, you'll learn a lot <laughs> and you'll be able to take back a lot that will help you in your business. And you'll learn a lot from the people that you're there with. And I, I want to stress that one of my, our, one of our speakers for one of our breakout sessions, I think kind of described it to me. He didn't realize that I would take it the way that I did. I don't think, but he said, you know, I, I've spoken at several, you know, kind of industry-like meetings over the last six months. He said, but your meeting is different. The people here at your meeting are really pros and they're just not, they know, they actually know things and they're so engaged with each other and it's so engaging just to be in a class with them. And I think that's what you get from that networking thing when you go there is you're talking to people who specialize in the same area that you do. They're not uh, just doing every single thing that there is. They really focus most in the health, health insurance, health benefits, that kind of arena. And I, I think it's important. It's a good benefit. Well, and, and I think there's no question that all of us across the country, whether you're doing senior sales, whether you're doing group sales, whether you're focused on life sales, we all face the same issues and the same challenges. And to be able to get with and sit down and just talk to people about, you know, here's my rub. What's your rub? It's there's a lot of common ground, and a lot of education that can happen there. And you're 100 percent right. If you go to New Orleans and don't have fun, then you probably need to reevaluate a lot of things. Uh, but, right. but what, what have I forgotten today that, that you'd like to talk about? Any specific topics? Well, there's, you know, depending on who, who's listening, you know, we're working a lot. I know we have some of the people out there that are in the Medicare space. Right. Are really worried about this requirement to record your your calls. And we've been working so hard on that. You know, the CMS is not really backing down on it. They're going to require agents record their calls. They just are. And we're still trying to, you know, to work through how to make that easier for people than it is. And we're still having discussions with them. We had some today and a few days ago and the day before that and so, and so forth. But a lot of people are concerned about that. And if they're thinking there might be 
some relief and not sure if they should prepare for it. I'm telling them to, they need to prepare for it. Yeah. Okay. That, and that's good advice uh, because I think you're right. I don't, I don't see any, uh, any latitude on that really. So, well, I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time today to visit with us. Can I ask a favor? Just one. Of course. Will you come back and do this again after the midterms? I would love to. I would. Okay. It's really exciting to talk about kind of the behind the scenes things that happened after in a midterm election. Right. So I would love to come back at that time and, and talk to you about what happened and what the implications are moving forward, what it really means. I think that would be extremely interesting to everybody because we opened the show and you mentioned that you thought that uh, the House would probably flip and should the Senate, it's going to be a narrow margin. It could be a different regulatory situation going into mm-hmm. 23 and 24. And and it's it's incredibly important that we all stay on top of it. None of us have a crystal ball. We don't know what exactly they're going to do. But you are somebody that has your ear on the rail, as they say. And and any insight that you would have would be, I think, just incredibly valuable. So we'll figure that out and book it again. Uh, Janet Trotwine, the CEO of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Thank you for coming on the Business of Health. Appreciate it and have a great day. Thank you, Mike. Well, the only bad news today is that we're at the end of the show. So thanks for listening to the Business of Health podcast. Listening to this show puts your agency in position for success. Remember to click the link below. Check out my website at www.firststaffbenefits.com. Give me a shout. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep taking action. Until next time, this is Mike Martins signing off.